Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the Blues are back, sort of. They lost 7-2, and then they won 4-1. So, got a little bit of bad news, a little bit of good news. We're going to be talking about both, and then majority of this episode, we're going to be talking about number 91, Vladimir Tarasenko, as he became the fifth Blue ever to reach 500 points, scoring an empty net goal to close out the game. Seemed real happy about it. Uh, so, we're going to be talking about him, and maybe what it would take to get his number retired up into the rafters action-packed episode lots to talk about make sure you stay tuned your locked on blues your daily podcast on the st louis blues part of the locked on podcast network your team every day ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the locked on blues podcast part of the locked on podcast network and your number one source for daily blues content i'm your host Josh Hyman, and I am joined by my co-host, as always, Thomas Welch. We got a busy episode for you guys. Much like the Blues had a very busy weekend, they came out against one of the top teams in the league, the Carolina Hurricanes, and got smacked. And I was a little worried. And then they came out against the Vancouver Canucks and smacked them. Much like uh, Will Smith smacked Chris Rock at the Oscars, which, okay, I know the Blues won some hockey games and we're gonna get into that but i just i need to talk about this with somebody else i i what like it's a real or fake I mean, fact or fiction it's just real or fake they're actors. i mean but he looked pretty mad to me so i think it was if i'm putting money on it today i'm saying it's probably real but at the same time there's legitimate arguments they are actors the Oscars is a dying industry they would love to get as many eyes on them as they did with this. This is like the biggest pop culture event in forever. So it reminds me of like Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl. I was thinking too, like I can't remember the last time we had like a bona fide like solid meme circulate just from something like happening like this. And I was like, wow, it's it's been a minute. But that happened pretty fast that the memes came out in full force. I know. I, I don't think it was staged. I don't think it was fake. I think the Academy is a little too pretentious for that. Um but that being said, you know, all of a sudden, uh, Chris Rock's stand-up comedy tour sold out within like two days of the event happening. That video has gotten more views than like any other video on the internet of all year. If I'm Will Smith or Chris Rock, I'm I'm sitting down looking at my looking at my bank account, talking to my 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 PR manager, and they're like, eh, maybe this isn't the worst maybe thing. Maybe I should fly off the rails more often. I think it's a hundred percent real. Uh, I, I do too. Just from I being a communications major. Now, on the on the outskirts here, you might say, oh, communica- communication major, you just went the easy route to get a degree. No, 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 no. That's part of it, but you also learn a lot. And what I did learn in my nonverbals class, Will Smith, when he said, keep my wife's name out your mouth, he gets tight-lipped and he blinks pretty hard when he says that to emphasize the point that he's making. So not to psychoanalyze him here, but... I was going to say, we're, we're turning into one of those uh, those psych- psychology videos where they analyze like interrogation tapes and be like, you can see here that the yeah, suspect exactly. raised his left shoulder <laughs> at a 45-degree angle when telling that story, thus indicating a 45% chance of a lie. Anyways, speaking of psychoanalyzing, let's psychoanalyze the Blues. Good luck trying to psychoanalyze the Blues because we have seen a tale of two teams lately uh, after an uninspired performance heading into the weekend and then another extremely uninspiring performance uh, against the Carolina Hurricanes, which they're lucky that that game happened on a weekend or else that episode would have been rowdy. Um, 
I went into last night's game against the Vancouver Canucks with very low expectations. It was just like, please don't embarrass me again. That's about where I was at. Um, you know, I was sick of getting texts from my friends like, so the blues dot 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 question mark. Like I was, I was, I was like, all right, at least, at least like give, give a performance you can be proud of, you know? Cause like, that's what we were saying that they had to do on Saturday and they didn't. Granted it was against the Carolina Hurricanes. So maybe you could take that with a grain of salt, but whatever. And then they come out against the Vancouver Canucks and win in pretty convincing fashion four to one, you know, not like their typical, just we're going to outscore you. doesn't matter how many goals you get. No, they, they, they struggled. They had a rough period in the second uh, but yet they still came away with a victory, and it's the type of victory, uh, you know, maybe, unfortunately not against one of the top, top teams in the league, but it's the type of victory that you can say, okay, if they play like that in a playoff game, they might not get blown out. That being said, I don't know if we can if we can determine that the performance against the Canucks is indicative of how the rest of the season is going to go, because as we've seen, especially post-All-Star break, the Blues have had zero consistency. And that has been both good and bad. They've blown teams out. They've gotten blown out. And none of that translates into the next game. The good thing is for them is they're playing the Canucks again tomorrow night, uh, late, late game. So if there's ever a chance to continue that momentum, might as well do it against the the same exact team that you had, you know, your best game in two weeks. Yeah, exactly. And I think we talked a lot on this podcast about playing with fire, playing with intensity, playing with emotion. And it sounded like uh, the Blues did that because Scandella's comments after the game kind of mirrored uh, that that intensity. So he said, we played them in the playoffs, obviously in the bubble. It was an interesting series, so to beat this team, it feels good. And we got another big game against them in Vancouver. So we're going to have to come out and be sharp in their building. He also said um, that we lost to them in the playoffs a few years ago. We hate this team. Every game is important down the stretch, and we needed this one before this important road trip. So... I was always told growing up, Josh, that hate is a strong word. Uh, so, so that kind of rings bells. Yeah, so that kind of rings bells in my mind for um, this team. But rightfully so. I mean, the Blues definitely got embarrassed in the playoffs against the Vancouver Canucks, and uh, they came out and took advantage of. I feel like a flat-footed Blues team that didn't really find its identity, whether it was because they weren't playing in front of crowds or didn't have that emotion or whatever it was, but I feel like that was a similar problem with what the team was facing currently against the Canes and against the Flyers and um, finding that intensity and finding that tenacity. I feel like it was a similar problem in the bubble. So for them to come out kind of in a statement game against the Vancouver Canucks and um, get on top of them early, that's something that we were talking about and everyone surrounding the Blues was talking about, including Craig Berube. He was like, we got to stop playing from behind. You obviously any team, especially this team, has high octane power and they're capable of scoring. But when you're putting yourself down two goals every single game, it's hard to climb that mountain over the course of 60 minutes. So what did they do? They came out first period, put two up on them, came out in the second. Was a little bit rough. Vancouver Canucks poured it on and tried to make it a game, but uh, thankfully Billy Huso shut the door on them and they didn't score in the second. And they came out in the third, scored right away, and that was pretty much all she wrote. So. Um, it's a good performance from the Blues to bounce back after a uh, a rough one against the Canes, but they got to do it again tomorrow. Yeah, and, and one guy that had a huge role in that performance and also cemented his name in Blues history is Vladimir Tarasenko, who had two goals and an assist to bring him to 500 career points with the St. Louis Blues, joining Elite Company. So we're going to be talking about that. Lots to unpack there, because uh, if you didn't know, he... Kind of requested a trade recently. So lots to unpack. Um, but 
Obviously, we're going to be singing his praises. Should be a fun segment. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But first, if you think Vladimir Tarasenko is going to continue his hot streak and, you know, put up some more goals against the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow night, you got to check out Bet Online. Now, after months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the final four. Unfortunately, St. Peter's isn't there, but they will determine this year's national champion this coming week. My money's on Duke, like we've talked about. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it, BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball, of course. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts, and we'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So there was some history made last night in St. Louis as Vladimir Tarasenko had a goal and assist heading into the final few moments of the game, putting him at 499 points, and he fires a puck into the empty net for his second goal of the night, and more importantly, his 500th goal, or 500, not 500, I wish. Sidney Crosby coming for you. As a member of the St. Louis Blues joining, now I might need your help here, Tommy, joining Brett Hall, Bernie yep. Federko, Sutter, yep. Sutter, and Unger, Bingo. correct? Boom. Look at that. Passed my history The only exam. one of those so, players extremely not retired company is there. Unger and Tarasenko. Mm. Mm. So we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But first things first, um, I don't want to make this you know, a negative, oh, I can't believe he requested a trade, but... I mean, the fact that, you know, a couple months ago we were all planning on Leonard Tarasenko getting traded and then watching him, you know, grinning ear to ear, thanking the fans, which, to be fair, Vladimir Tarasenko will thank the fans after he does anything. It, it doesn't matter. He, he could have scored the game, you know, game seven, game winning goal of the Stanley Cup. He could be interviewed on the side of the street after rushing into a burning building and saving, you know, a litter of kittens. So first things first, oh, well, I just want to thank the support of my fans every time, like clockwork. But it felt different. It felt like a real genuine smile. It felt like he, you know, loved that moment. It truly meant a lot to him to join that club. And the fans let him hear it. Big standing ovation. You know, they've been supporting him all season. Um, just the turnaround of, of my of my emotions towards Leonard Tarasenko is spectacular this season. I didn't think we'd see the day that we'd be celebrating his 500th point after the offseason in the way that that went. But that being said... Here we are. So before we get into the whole Jersey retirement thing, Tommy, what did what did that night you know mean for you in terms of Vladimir Tarasenko in the short? Well, it's before we get into his long term. Yeah. So short term, Albert Pujols comes back to the city of St. Louis, where he grew up and became a Hall of Fame, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, and announces that it will be his last season in the MLB. He's going out with. Potentially Adam Wainwright, although that hasn't been announced yet, and but will be going out with Yadier Molina, who, I mean, they've won championships together. They got all their accolades together. So for that to happen, and then for Tarasenko, who obviously another St. Louis staple and has been um, the poster boy for Blues hockey for um, since the time he's come into the league and played for this team, for him to go out and score his 500th point on the same night, it's just... It, it warms your insides as a St. Louisan, you know? It's just like, it's it's that it's that nationality feeling. Obviously, it's not a nation, but it's just the pride of St. Louis and how, how proud you are of, consider myself lucky to be a 
St. Louis sports fan because the culture here uh, runs so deep in history and excitement and passion and all those things. So all, for all of it to kind of encapsulate itself uh, in the form of one night uh, is nothing short of spectacular. And I feel like 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 what you're talking about with Vladdy and like thanking the fans as often as he does. Like I could see how it would, might just be like a almost like a cookie cutter like knee jerk reaction and anything that he does, but. But with Vladdy, it really does feel like it's genuine every time. And I don't think he would mention it if it didn't mean so much to him. Because if you remember, like, the dude barely even spoke English. I don't think he spoke English at all when he first came over. And, like, he he grew up here. He started a family here. He made friends here. He made records here. He won a Stanley Cup here. So, like, even if he does leave and pulls, like, uh, does does... Still want to get traded at the end of the day, like St. Louis is always going to have a special place in his heart. But that being said, with the with the recent comments from Doug Armstrong saying that that hasn't even been an issue or a problem all season long since the beginning of the year, the way that he beams every time that the crowd chants Vladdy, Vladdy, like I mean, it's just booming, dude. Even over the TV, like I feel like I'm there, like in the crowd, and I start chanting along. So you can see, like. It, his face just lights up every single time. And I can't under any circumstances think that he would still want to leave the city of St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got to be like, it must have been terrifying for him, you know, seeing that, that story leak that I'm sure he wasn't planning on, you know, ever going public, obviously. Cause like we, like we talked about, there are plenty of trade requests that never get, never get fulfilled and never go public. Um, and I'm sure, you know, the fans meaning so much to him and, the fact that he hadn't played in front of a full house consistently for a long time probably terrified that the fans were going to turn on him, knowing how much that, you know, that the fans mean to him and how much, you know, he he feels like he owes to the fans and is so grateful. If if he went out there, you know, night one and got booed, forget it, you know, that's that's burning the bridge. And and I don't want to say the Blues fans had right to do so, but I feel like you see that a lot in sports. Look at Ben Simmons in the Philadelphia 76ers. It freaking brutalized him. Obviously, different Look at uh, but too exactly so not only did blues fans not turn on him they said hey we're gonna remind you just how much we love you we're gonna cheer for you a little bit as well i mean his homecoming was brutal like i don't want to say oh he's gonna he's not gonna request a trade now because he loves the fans but heck if i'm if i'm if the fans are the most important thing to me and i was you know on the fence and all of a sudden you got them chanting my name every other night you get your 500th point kind of a reminder of all the reasons you love to play in st louis plus you know the russians there i I am more convinced now than ever that if if there's a chance that Vladimir Tarasenko doesn't want to get traded anymore, I, I, this is the most I've ever been convinced since the day that the news story I'm dropped. 100% with you there. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually plays out the entirety of his, of his contract and re-signs with the St. Louis Blues. I'm in the same boat as you are, especially you know with the changing of the guard. Who, who knows? Who knows? Maybe after Ryan O'Reilly has moved on from... Uh, maybe Tarasenko is the next captain. You never know. Lots to get into. Uh, in the third segment, we're going to be talking about Vladimir Tarasenko's jersey number and whether or not it could potentially find a spot up in the rafters someday. And then also just giving our, our overall wrap-up on a crazy weekend in Blues hockey, what it means. Are they a playoff team? Who knows? Lots to talk about. Make sure you stay tuned. But first, want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Rock Auto. Now, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or even intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry when you have access 
to rockauto.com at home on your computer and in your pocket on your mobile device. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more from a chain store or car dealership? For example, if you, let's say you got a Honda Odyssey and you're looking for a fuel pump. That'll range you about $353 from your local chain store. Right now on Rock Auto, $216. That's a huge discount. And Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. So go to their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. And we'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So obviously, you know, we can't predict the future. If we did, we'd be a heck of a lot better at this whole podcast thing. Um, We'd have the best takes all the time. But, you know, in your best estimate, given all the drama, all the success, is Vladimir Tarasenko on track to have his jersey retired to the rafters of the enterprise sector? That's tough. Especially because Unger's number isn't retired. And he, I mean, I mean that dude put up a lot of points for the St. Louis Blues. I think the big thing that sets Tarasenko apart, obviously the goal scoring capability is huge and like the impact that he's had on his team for so long. I mean, like I said, he's like the poster boy for Blues hockey since the time that he joined the team. And he's only been with the Blues for his entire career so far. Like we said, there's a trade request. We know. But like when you think of St. Louis Blues hockey – one of the first names you think of is Vladimir Tarasenko and has been for the last like 10 years. And I think the thing that sets him apart from every other name on that list is the Stanley Cup that he won and helped bring to the city of St. Louis. So he's at 500 points right now. 75 points uh, puts him either tied with or above um, Gary Unger. So to move up that list, I mean... I would have to say in terms of projection and like, especially with the way that he played this season, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that his number will be retired eventually for the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, looking at numbers and, and stats and trade rumors, whatever, it, you can get a little muddled. But the way that I look at it is this. This is objectively the most successful era of Blues hockey ever, you know? The last 10 years, you you look at those charts of like wins, playoff wins over the last 10 years. Blues are always right at the top. They have not had a bad team in a long time. In a long time. Um, They won a Stanley Cup, you know, even if they hadn't won a Stanley Cup, whatever. This is a a memorable era of Blues hockey. You look at, you know, teams and errors. You got the teams of the early 2000s, 90s, 80s, whatever. This is a significant era of Blues hockey. It, like I said, probably is the most successful era of Blues hockey. And that's how I look at jersey retirements. You know, we we saw Chris Pronger's number get retired recently. Probably maybe the last of his era to get his number retired. I, I could be missing a few names there. But now all of a sudden you're looking at, okay, who's going to be remembered for this era of Blues hockey? Alex Petrangelo, you know, captain, lift, first Blues player to ever lift the Stanley Cup. And Vladimir Tarasenko. That's it. Those are your one and two. It's non-negotiable, not debatable. And... If you're going to retire Petrangelo, you're going to retire Tarasenko. Absolutely. So I I think, you know, right now, him playing, it's a little bit less clear. But I think in whatever, 
10 years when he's retired, 15 years when they're talking about Jersey retirement, it's like, oh, of course, you know, he was the guy on the best 10 years of blues hockey that they, that, you know, fans had really ever seen up until that point in terms of playoff success and, and consistency and all that. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's a no brainer. Obviously if there's an ugly breakup this off season or something, maybe it gets a little bit more complicated, but I, I think it's a no brainer. You think they retire? So you're, you think they retire Petrangelo's number as well? I feel like that one's more That's difficult. a separate question. I agree. He's got a long contract with Vegas. For all the same reasons I just outlined with Tarasenko is if if you're looking at it based on eras, you know, and you're looking at the guy that, you know, you're, you're captain you your first Stanley Cup, that's a strong argument. But in terms of accolades and, and, and numbers and stuff, he doesn't quite have the resume that Tarasenko has because he wasn't here or, or, you know, maybe at the maybe he will be, but at the, at the all said and done, Tarasenko presumably will likely have a longer blues tenure than Petrangelo. So I don't know. I, I mean, I I would not be surprised to see both of their numbers retired. This is, again, a conversation for a whole other episode. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it in terms of eras and, and, and impact, you, you can't ignore probably the, the one and two guys that, you know, led you on this seven, eight-year stretch of successful hockey that culminated in the Stanley Cup, and both of those two had a big part in it. But we're, we're talking about Vladdy right now. I don't want to spark up bad memories with the Alex Petrangelo debate. Um that being said, though, Tommy, I think we've, we've done Vladdy plenty of justice. So thinking about Vladimir Tarasenko, thinking about the way that the Blues played in this 4-1 to victory against the Vancouver Canucks. In the final few moments, minutes of today's episode, got to start thinking about the home stretch of the season. You know, Blues have been extremely inconsistent. That's no secret. But they did win their most recent game. And it's easier to win after a win, you assume, than it is after a loss because you know what you did right last game, especially when you're playing the same team. So... I feel like we've asked this question so many times and the answers have been changing so frequently. But as of right now, what do you think the direction of this team is? What are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? And do we have the pieces to not embarrass ourselves in the playoffs like we have in the last two seasons? Well, yeah, here's the thing with that is if you continue to drop games like the trend looked like they were doing, if you if you end up in a wild card spot, you're either playing the Avalanche in round one or you're playing the Calgary Flames. So that's kind of a nightmare scenario no, for the St. Louis Blues. You. Yeah, so if you can stay out of a wild card spot, uh, I think the Blues live to see another day. Nathan McKinnon, uh, I think, flew back to Denver uh, to uh, get some reports on his hand that he messed up while fighting. So uh, I know everybody loves... Everybody loves seeing Vladimir Tarasenko fight, but I'm kind of happy that he doesn't fight as often as McKinnon because this is the kind of stuff that can happen. And if uh, he's seriously banged up and it's going to last up to or through the playoffs, that's that's a huge loss. Even even if he plays through it, that's a huge loss of him not being 100% for the Avalanche. So um, for the Blues to be successful, I think it rides on a lot of what made them successful in their game against the Canucks, which is... Number one, get on top of teams and stay out in front. And number two, be physical. 28 hits in the last game. I feel like they haven't been banging bodies at all um, against the Canes and against the Flyers. And I feel like that's what Scandella was talking about. They're a heavy team. They win games um, when they're playing low, when they're going to the dirty areas of the ice, and when uh, their will to get the puck from the other team is stronger than the other team's will to keep it. And I feel like that is has 
is and has been the success for the St. Louis Blues for the last five to seven years now. Uh, and just because their style and their speed and their skill has changed, I don't think their mindset in that category should. Yeah. And like, I think the fact that, you know, they won in the way that they did, it wasn't, they didn't win in typical blues fashion for this season. You know, they weren't just outscoring the other team, regardless of defensive play. They kind of, they won in, in a, the way you'd win a playoff game, you know, cup, you know, empty net goal at the end score, score, maybe score was a little, a little bit less close than the game actually was. All that, all those sort of things. That combined with Scandella's comments, I'm feeling pretty good about the direction of this team because, like we've been talking about, you know, they've been underachieving as of late for sure. This isn't a team that should miss the playoffs. It's not like, you know, they were playing, uh, you know, too too good for what they were made of, and then kind of fell back down to earth. And the Blues we saw the last two weeks was the Blues we should have been seeing all season. It's the other way around. So still definitely big question marks, especially with the inconsistency. But if there was ever a performance you could have you could have put out after, you know, two embarrassing performances, that 4-1 victory is something to definitely be proud of. And let's hope that they can expand upon that tomorrow night, late game in Vancouver. We should have a preview, you know, a full preview out for you guys before uh, the game, since it is at 10 Eastern, probably. Yeah, probably two two hours. Give hour me a half. full sixty. That's what I want, Blues. If you're looking, if you're watching, give me a full sixty. No, no second periods off. I know, I know it gets it gets hectic out there. You want to sit back a little bit. You get a two nothing lead. You know, you want to skate around, maybe breathe for a little while. No, 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 no. Take it to them. Give me a six nothing win. That would nothing would make me better. If you really hate the Vancouver Canucks like you say you do. Go out and embarrass them. How about that? Love that. So we're gonna have that all for you here on the Locked On Blues podcast. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening or watching. Like I said, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked On Blues. Leave a comment. We try to reply, interact with all your guys' comments. It's a lot of fun doing that. Uh, follow us on all of our socials at Locked On Blues on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. You can follow Tommy. Oh my God. Tommy on Twitter. I'll never get the point right. Tommy on Twitter at twelsher 15 But for now, thanks so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.